What's up, everyone? I want to tell you guys about my friends over at GT Nursery. Green Touch Nursery is located at 8842 Park Street in Bellflower, California, 90706. Oscar, the owner of this nursery, is a dear friend of mine and was actually a guest on this podcast on episode number 28 titled The Shed with his brother Edgar. Make sure to check that out. Oscar's been growing plants since he was 10 years old and was exposed to nurseries his entire life. His family owned multiple nurseries, so he grew up working in these places and lives and breathes plants every single day. He opened this place up back in February 2015. They are open on weekdays 8 to 4 and weekends 9 to 3. They specialize in cacti and succulents from all over the world. And let me tell you, with Oscar, the knowledge goes deep. This dude is constantly in the field doing research, going to botanical gardens, getting with really experienced growers and asking all kinds of questions. So you don't just get a plant, but you get the knowledge and passion behind this place. And that can really be felt when you're there. Their mission is to create a community of like-minded individuals from all walks of life that enjoy beautiful plants. I would say they have succeeded in their mission. I've attended multiple plant swaps and meetups. And this place is really like a home base for the for those of us in the local community. They also host these big sales where he brings in vendors from all over the place, really bringing amazing and obscure plants to the table. You need to head over to their Instagram at GT Nursery. I will make sure to plug a link to all of their socials and content in the description of every episode. He does these live auctions every Wednesday evening, and it's a lot of fun. He's constantly uplifting other members of the community and really giving other people an opportunity to come on to this very successful auction and sell plants. I've done it a couple times and it's amazing to see the success that they've had. Oscar and Edgar have really dedicated themselves and honed their craft and have been very consistent with these auctions. It's a lot of fun. Even if you're just watching, it's one of my favorite things to do on a Wednesday evening. You can head over to their Instagram for more info. I'm very grateful to have this partnership and to be telling you guys about this place. Green Touch Nursery, 8842 Park Street, Bellflower, California, 90706. Tell them I sent you. Hello, my plant friends. I want to take a moment to talk to you guys about mushrooms. No, not that kind of mushrooms. I'm talking about reishi, chaga, shiitake, maitake, ergo, cordyceps, lion's mane, all these different mushrooms that have been used for thousands of years in Chinese herbal medicine. It is ancient wisdom that there are tons of health benefits to consuming mushrooms of all types. And I recently started supplementing with this company called Real Mushrooms. If you haven't had the chance to listen to episode 38 featuring Jeff Chilton, I highly recommend it. He is the founder of this company and an ethnomycologist who's been studying mushrooms for a really long time. He really breaks it down for us. Another good resource for this information would be the movie Fantastic Fungi. Definitely recommend that. Or you can just click on one of the links in the description of every episode that will take you to articles that outline all the different health benefits of these mushroom supplements. Now, I'm going to run through all the ones that I've actually been taking myself. So Real Mushrooms offers these hot water extracts that are made from the whole fruit body of these mushrooms, and they come in both powder and capsule form. So I've been taking the five defenders in the capsule form, and it's a blend of turkey tail, reishi, maitake, shiitake, and chaga. Now, all of those mushrooms have been proven to boost the immune system. So who couldn't benefit from having a boost in their immune system right now? Another one that I'm taking is the Mushroom D2Z, which is a blend of reishi and chaga only. It is infused with vitamin D and zinc. Now, the vast majority of the population is deficient in vitamin D. So what better way to get it 
than in these mushroom supplements that come with all these other health benefits. Another one that was recommended to me, but I'm taking in the powder form, is chaga. So chaga has been used to help improve issues with digestion. So if you have something like IBD, IBS, I highly recommend this. I've been taking it at night, mixing it with my sleepy time tea, and I've noticed a huge improvement in my digestion problems. So anytime I'm about to do a podcast, I take lion's mane or right before work. Lion's mane has been proven to help with cognition. It is a nootropic that some studies suggest that may even be creating new neural pathways in your brain. So anytime I think I'm going to have to use my brain a lot, I take the lion's mane. And the last one that I'm taking is cordyceps. So cordyceps are used by athletes for performance enhancement, and they're known to really help with endurance and boost your energy levels. So if you're feeling really low energy, start trying this cordyceps. I'm taking it every day and my energy levels are way up. So that's all the ones that I'm taking myself personally that I can speak on, but there's testimonials for every single one on the website of Real Mushrooms, realmushrooms.com. If you're ready to pull the trigger and want to make a purchase and start supplementing these mushrooms, make sure to click on one of the links in the description of my episodes, or you can go to the link in my bio on my Instagram and click the little button that says real mushrooms and it has a little mushroom emoji, or you can use code if plants could talk at checkout and you'll get 10% off all future orders. However, if you're a first time buyer, you can sign up to get a first time buyer code of 25% off your first order. So definitely do that. It would help me out a lot if you guys use my link and use that code at checkout. So make sure to go check them out. Real mushrooms. This podcast is brought to you by Mezcala Nursery, located at 6901 Orange Avenue, Long Beach, California, 90805. Mezcala is family-owned, family-ran since 2007. This is the House of Succulents growing grounds. I'm talking everything you can possibly imagine in the succulent realm, from your common everyday plants to your more rare and obscure imports. They can service your landscaping needs and they have a bunch of hoop houses dedicated to houseplants and tropicals. If you guys need any kind of plant, I'm telling you, go to Mezcala. If you bring them a price from another nursery, they're going to beat it. If you bring them a price from a big box store, they're going to beat it. 6901 Orange Avenue, Long Beach, California, 90805. Mezcala Nursery. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to If Plants Could Talk. This is Garrett. I'm your host. This conversation took place on December 3rd, 2021 with my guest, Prickly Punk, also known as Tony. Tony is a veteran cactus and succulent collector. He explained to me tonight that he's been doing this for nearly 20 years. He has been a very active member of multiple cactus and succulent societies and clubs over the years and entered and won many shows. He grows tons of cacti from seed and has a very impressive plant collection. He also makes these really cool rock pots. If you guys don't follow his page, he's on Instagram. You got to go check him out at Prickly Punk. He shared some very exclusive growing techniques with us and was very honest and transparent about the techniques he uses and offered us tons of tips. It was an honor and I'm very grateful that he was willing to come on the show tonight. I hope you guys enjoy. Here's Tony. Prickly Punk. Tony Marino, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks. Thank you for joining me. How are you doing today? Not too shabby. Not too shabby. All right, all right. Excellent. Another beautiful day. Spend some time in the garden today. 
So <clears throat> where where are you from originally? Oh, I was born and raised right here in uh, Covina Glendora area in, in California. Okay. Is that considered Inland Empire? Y- yes. Yeah. Yeah. Now I'm in Chino, which isn't that far. It's only, you know, 15, 20 minutes. Mm, cool, cool. And wh- when did you discover your love for plants? Um, <laughs> kind of happened uh, after I moved into this house um, right around 2002, 2003. Um, I started, like, uh, there was no plumbing in the, uh, no plumbing for sprinklers. Mm-hmm front or backyards so i did that my first summer here i put the the sprinklers in and there's a section like beside my driveway that was gonna be really difficult to get the plumbing to so i said i'll just get some cactus knowing nothing i'll put some cactus in there because they don't need any water Mm. and um I did that. The first summer I, I put a bunch of plants in there and I put in like 10, 15 with the Armstrong nursery and, and bought a handful. I said, Hey, those look pretty good. And so I put in some more and 10 turned into 20, turned into 50, turned into a hundred. And <laughs> that's kind of what got the ball rolling. Um, of course I threw away all the tags cause I don't care what they were. I was just putting them in the ground and, um, Meanwhile, I'm putting grass in the front yard and the backyard, and I'm planting all kinds of tropical plants and bananas and canas and all that kind of nonsense. Nonsense. And, uh, all that, you know, water hogs. <laughs> <laughs> and um, really kind of got interested in the, in the cactus and the succulent plants. It was, it was a mix of agaves, aloes, and cacti uh-huh. at first. And... After that, the, the second or third summer, they started growing and looking, growing really well and looking really good. And I got, I wanted to figure out what they were, what they were called, you know, and the names of where they came <laughs> from. And I got, kind of got interested that way. So I didn't really start off my, in my, you know, uh, liking plants or being all that interested in the plants. Um, that's when it started, you know, basically was there. And so um, I started Googling you know, to try and figure out what the plants were, where they came from and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I happened upon the uh, Cacti Guide website. I'm not sure if you're familiar with it. Um, it's been down for quite quite a while now. I don't know why. But I got really involved on the forums on the Cacti Guide website and um, met a bunch of people on there um, who were more than happy to help me to try and figure out what the plants were that I had because they would, you know, you could, you could post a picture of a plant and – and uh, they would, you know, throw an ID at you and you would say, oh, that looks probably, that's probably what it is, you know. And um, I met some local people there um, who were involved in the club, mm-hmm. the, the uh, Cactus and Succulent Clubs, the local Southern California clubs. And um, one in particular um, was the, at the time was the president. His name was Buck Hemingway. Um, I met him on the Cacti Guide website and um, he, 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 said, why don't you come, um, I'm having an open house at my house, and why don't you come by and, and check it out, you know, I'm going to have some plants for sale, and so I went to his house, and I was just blown away, because he had cactus and succulent plants, front yard, backyard, it was all, you know, the whole nine yards, mm-hmm. said, that's, that's what I'm doing, I'm doing that, and um, <clears throat> he was kind of the, the, the start of my obsessive, you know, obsession in this, in this hobby, 
And um, that's more or less how it started. Sure. Yeah. Uh, so long before social media, that was the that was the uh, the way that people would meet in any online uh, environment was yeah. via forums, right? And discussion yes. boards and stuff like that. Certainly with my by my with myself, yeah. When was, that's exactly how it happened. And um, of course, I met a lot more people on there, and I started trading with people all over the country. Wow. Um, many many of the the specimen plants that I have in my collection now were acquired through trading. I'll send you five of here's five uh, five plants I have extra. Of, you send me five plants, and then you know, box will go back and forth across the country, mm-hmm. uh, Florida, Texas. You know, New York, all over the place. I was trading with people all over the place. It was it was really interesting, and and um, I also that's when I first started growing from seed to around. Let me back up a little bit. I started on that web on the on the forums around two thousand five, two thousand six, uh-huh. um, and by two thousand seven, two thousand eight, I was thinking I, I, I Home Depot wasn't cutting it anymore. The local nurseries weren't cutting it anymore. I need more. <laughs> you know? and so i started I, I had and to get more you have to start growing the stuff from seed sure to get the stuff that you can't find and you you i want this plant or i want that plant can't find anywhere nobody has it for sale um and so that's when i started growing from seed around 2007 was my first pot of uh, plants from seed very cool and in by 2009 i was doing several dozen at a time, you know, different species. Uh-huh. Um, what was your, it, what was your, uh, your, what was your, uh, technique or, or strategy in those early days? How- at, at first, my first pot, my first, uh, batch of seeds was a Cory Pantha, um, Pallida wow. that I had a pair of that I made the seed for on my own plants. Um, and I had a, a, a clay pot plate that you put under a, a pot, uh-huh. shallow pot plate that I put, uh, um, you know, a thin layer of soil in, spread the seeds on there, and just missed it every couple of days. And that's that's that was how it started. <laughs> <laughs> and um, then I, you know, moved on to a more sure. <laughs> pot with, you know, soil in it. Yeah. Spreading the seeds that way shoots man well i've heard i've heard uh only great things about your garden and i hope one day to see it man i i've i heard it's like uh you know up there up there at the top with some of the gardens around here it's i don't have much of a garden in my backyard anymore i've slowly been converting it to bench space sure just growing more and more different plants um with with shade cloth and and covers a polycarbonate covering, you know, in the roof, in roofs for the winter time and stuff like that. Um, um, that, that, that I still have gardens in the front, front yard, uh-huh. you know, beds, a yeah. couple of four beds in the front yard and a couple of beds in the backyard. But for the most part, the backyard is now mostly bench space. So are you more focused on like growing from seed? Are you growing, growing? Or are you like, uh, just pot doing potted collectible plants or is it everything it's both yeah i'm growing from the start i was always interested in growing show plants mm. that was my main goal my main objective was growing plants to you know for putting in shows 
Um, and it's slowly, and I still have a lot of show plants, um, but I've slowly um, peeling away at that and, and growing more. Um, as I get more rare seed, I need more space to grow that stuff. Mm-hmm. And I've been paring down my, my specimen collections um, to have more space for uh, seedling plants and growing, um, you know, rarer stuff. Yeah. That can only be at this point grown from seed. So you do, are you doing most of your seedlings outside? Your seed I growing? Grow, I, no, I, I start them in a propagator. Um, I call it my cactus cooker. Okay. Um, it's a, it's a box and it's literally two feet away from me. I can, I can put my hand on it right now. That's my cook, cactus cooker right there. I can't show it to you, but um, it's a box uh-huh. with, with fluorescent tubes. Um, like T5, T, T9, I, something like that. I'm sorry. Is it like T5, T9 type of fluorescent? It's T5, 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 yeah. T5 lamps. Cool. Um, just standard fluorescent, cool white uh, fluorescent tubes. Uh-huh. Um, nothing special. Cacti ceilings don't need a heck of a lot of light to start off with. They just sure. need, you know, a little mm-hmm. bit. And um, this is sufficient. Um, I start and I've been doing this for about this t- typical. This is the same. I've been doing the same thing for probably nine years now. Mm-hmm. I start in December. I sow for the most part everything I'm going to sow every year in December. Cool. Um, under lights in my office, and by March or April, generally speaking, most of that stuff is ready um, to go into the greenhouse. Of course, it's warm up. It's warm now outside, and yeah. um, I don't have to worry about you know cold temperatures. And they they and I've used a bagging method. I don't know if you're familiar with the bagging method. Sure. But, been using that since i've been doing that since about 2008 2009 and um so after you know january february march april may sometimes into may but usually those three to four months the most seedlings are um ready to go into the greenhouse come out of the baggies and um start getting watered once a week yeah well, thank you for being willing to be transparent about that. Some of those, some of those might sure. be closely kept held secrets for some people. Um, and I, that's the first time I've ever heard of anybody on the show talk about that they start in December. But to me, I, I heard you say, yes, you bring them outside in the spring. But to me, I was thinking then they're like a year, they're yearlings by the time the next winter comes and they're for sure going to make, more likely to make it through that, that dormant oh, yeah, season, absolutely. right? Um, starting them in the wintertime in, in the house. Yeah get three four months head start yeah starting them in the spring when you typically would think to start you know seedlings yeah if you grow like this you can literally just grow cactus year round start them year round really yeah but um it works out really really well because after at that point in in spring they're ready to be they're ready to you know start their life um they're three or four months old and they're just the perfect size to start uh, a once a week water regimen um and they they typically just continue growing all year yeah that's rad very cool yeah, works really well yeah. that's at least for me that's that's what i do <laughs> so what 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 did you what are you sowing this month what's that what are you sowing this month uh, i won't be sowing until december i typically um do it in december yeah Okay. Well, what do you, what do you think? Any, any ideas on what you're sowing? (laughs) 
Yes, but the list is way too long. <laughs> okay. That you diversify? Um, yeah. Uh, typically, at the least, um, I'll start 50 species. Wow. I've been doing this about <laughs> five years. Last year, I got... I got, uh, I went a little overboard and I went, well, I went away overboard and, um, I had 85 species sown <laughs> in, my, in my propagator and it was just too many. I'll have to, I got to back it off a little bit cause I just don't have the room for that many, but I got involved with a project with somebody sowing some, uh, he sent me some seed, to, um, that I just had to go, I just had to go with it, you know? So, and I had already started my stuff and so I just ended up throwing it all together. Yeah. But. Uh, do you have any particular favorites out of out of to grow from seed? Maybe top three. No, I don't have it. I don't. I can't say that I have any favorites. You don't um, discriminate. Hard stuff. I like easy stuff. Yeah. You know. Well, can you think of one that's maybe been challenging for you? Has there been one that stumped you at all? Oh sure. Um, the Kinomastis, in general, is that's that that family um i don't have much too many problems getting them started but they're difficult for me to keep going year after year after year after year um and what what else some years i'll have really good uh i'll have something that i've grown for years and years had no problems with some years i'll have an issue um i don't know why another one that's that's um it may be my plants. I have a um, Obregonia denegrii. Okay. Um, for some reason, that one is <laughs> very, very difficult for me to get past the year. Mm. Um, I have the plants that I get my seed off of. I have here in my collection. And I have to just blame. I, I blame my plants for not having good genetics. Because <laughs> I don't have any other explanation why I can't grow them past a year. So the seeds uh, that you're talking about for that particular species are coming out of your your you produce these seeds. Yes, correct. And would, would the vast majority of the seeds that you're sowing be your own hybrids and stuff that stuff that you're crossing? Yes, most of the time. Rad. That's, yeah, that's special, man. You probably got some stuff that nobody else has. Um, I have. Yeah, I have a lot of stuff that nobody has. Yeah. Um, but I also start. Probably a couple of dozen, you know, regular typical typical things too every year, just to have some, you know, have some fun with it. Because mm. and the reason, and I sow a lot of seed too at the same time. I don't just I don't like to just do ten or fifteen or twenty or something. Like that. If I have fifty, seventy-five seed, I'll fill up a pot because you never know when that freak or that weirdo is going to pop up in that pot. Yeah, um, that's that's what really keeps me going is that little weirdo that pops up in every, that doesn't pop up in every pot occasionally, you know, they're rare, but those are the things that keep me really going. Is the, the weirdo, the chance for like a crest or like a monstrous or something. Correct. Yes, variegation. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. That's variegates, cool. not so much, but monstroses and crests. Um, I like, I like to see something like that. Just kind of just, start to develop in a pot, gets my juices flowing. <laughs> Are you one of those people that really like, uh, is sought after for, uh, monsters looking cactus, like real gnarly looking. Cacti? Yeah. Yeah. But especially if it pops up in one of my pots. Sure. Of course. Yeah. It makes it yeah. extra special. Makes it extra special. 
you know, you're not the first person to come on here and say that their their uh, hobby started in in landscaping their home. Ketoy said the same thing that he was he bought a home and he needed to landscape it, and then next thing he knew, you know, one plant turned into ten. It's funny though that you started in the ground and then you know now you've made your way into like yeah growing growing potted plants and collecting and yeah. stuff like that. It's cool, man. Um, do you think that? the the those trades that those early trades that you were making back in the day that that kind of stuff still goes down or or no <laughs> oh sure it happens not so much anymore unfortunately um once you have a a, a collection a large collection yeah uncommon and rare stuff it finds it's it gets harder and harder to find people to trade with sure yeah oh yeah so that makes sense that's the drawback to that <laughs> But I still do occasionally. We'll still trade some stuff with somebody. And I bet some of the some of the pricing back in those days. Now you're very glad you got them when you did. <laughs> right. Yeah, I did, totally missed. I totally dropped the ball on the copia poas. That's for sure. <laughs> did you? Did you? You passed up on them. <laughs> they didn't really appeal to me all that much when I first started, and I'm kicking myself for not growing more of them. I sure I have some. And I do grow some from seed, you know, when I get the seed. Um, but who, who knew? But they weren't on my radar. Sure. So. Are you strictly a collector or do you ever sell stuff? Oh, I do both. Both. Cool. I sell quite a, I sell quite a bit here and there because I do grow so much. Um, yeah. So many plants from seed. Um, and I'm only going to keep, I like to say I keep three of each species to continue propagating them. Uh And of course, if I get, um, you know, uh, uh, an extra special plant for whatever reason, sometimes a plant will just be extra phenomenal. Sure. Or of course I'm a crest or a monstros or a variegate or something like that. I'll keep. Yeah. Doing God's work though, man. That's, that's awesome. Not not being selfish. I'm obsessed. I'm obsessed, you know, with growing from seed and, and I enjoy showing my plants too. I, I when I first started that, I was really looking for something like that because I've had all these beautiful plants in the backyard, these amazing things. And we would have friends come over for this, that, and the other thing, and and they'd go, oh yeah, that's great, you know. Um, they'd take them in the backyard, and I have you know five thousand plants, uh, <laughs> all shapes and sizes, and, and nobody's at all interested. And finding the people on the on the forums, and then meeting the people in the clubs. And doing the shows, um, you know, and taking those those plants that I thought were amazing and putting them on a table for the, the public to see really is, um, it, I just think it's really cool that you can, you, you, so they're not hidden in my backyard all the time. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Finding people that appreciate it, it definitely makes it that much more special and, yeah. and the friendships that develop and what a beautiful yeah. community it is too of just like-minded people. Oh yeah, man. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. It really is. Um, it's funny when you do show people plants and they don't appreciate them. And I'm just like, I don't understand you. <laughs> like we're, we're very different. <laughs> yes. Uh, they're plant blind. It's, are... uh, Kevin crazy for cactus calls them plant yeah. blind. Yeah. yeah. But Hey, yeah, no judgment. I'm just saying, I'm just saying yeah, I don't understand. I'm like, and I was, you know, I, at one point I was one of them, you know, before I got involved, uh-huh. you know, I used to, um, I used to fish bass, bass tournaments, mm. bass, 
um, freshwater fishing. And that's what I did for, you know, the, the prior to this, that was mostly what I did. And, um, plants were not even anywhere on my radar. Sure. You know, I'm a fisherman myself and it's actually a question I was going to ask you was, was there something prior to this that, uh, you are as passionate about or spent because it sounds like you go all in like a lot of these people that I talk yeah. to. Uh, yes. And so it's fishing for you. Yeah. I love fishing. I was, man. A, Large I was, a, tournament, I was a tournament fisherman. I fished every weekend. Rad. Um, tor- tournaments and club at the club level. I fished some, some um, team tournaments cool. on all local lakes from San Diego all the way up to central California. That was what I did in my previous life. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's a cool hobby. Kind of took, this kind of took over. Yeah, you don't get out there anymore? I don't. No, I actually recently sold my boat. Wow. Traded it in for the for the for the plants, huh? Yeah. <clears throat> Did you do any ocean fishing at all? Just freshwater? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. But I, I haven't I haven't done that, you know, for quite a while now. Mm. Mm. Yeah. So what, what does it for you? What, 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 why do plants like, what, what do they, what do they do for you in your life? You know, a lot of people say it gives them purpose. A lot of people say, it, you know, it's, uh, their spirituality, um, you know, you what? know, I, I don't honestly don't know. I just enjoy seeing them prosper. I enjoy seeing them change. Um, I like, I spend a lot of time, probably an exert. <laughs> I spend a lot of time thinking about because um, I also make the rock pots. Yeah, I've I, seen those. In the at first, in the beginning, um, I designed the pot to a specific plant, mm-hmm. um, and when uh, my son and I would go out and we would purposely look for certain types of rocks um, to to create you know, to create a certain look for a plant. Um, so it's not just about the plants for me. It's also about staging and, and making them present them and how, how, you know, how they look. And ultimately and have, getting it to the show too, right? Yeah. I have my own little twist, you know? Yeah. Those rock pots are really cool, man. So. Where, where'd you find the inspiration for those, those rock pots? Oh, nature. 100%. Went to, you know, went to out to Lucerne Valley to see the Engelmani, uh, Kinocereus Engelmanii out there and, and the Kinocactus polycephalus. Um, and um, there's all kinds of, you know, um, Ocotillo Wells, there's, there's places out there, the, uh, the Cactus Loop Trail. Um, and just seeing the plants growing out of rock. Yeah staged perfectly in my opinion you know just how they sh- they should be yeah um, that's where that inspiration came from also when i did start um when i did start going to the clubs and doing the shows with the clubs i know i had a lot of plants to show but i had all my plants at the time mostly in terracotta which is nice but taking a a, a nice plant putting it on a table next to another plant in a $50, $80 custom container, mm-hmm. I said, I got to up my game. And I didn't want to spend 50 to $80 on a up my game pot, you know? So that's, <laughs> the other, that's also what started the rock pot thing. Mm. 
And did you say you do this with your son too? Does your son, your son uh, grows as well or participates? In no, this not so much anymore. I tried to, I, when he was younger, we would go out and, and, you know, rock hound. Yeah. Um, and when he was younger, I took him to the shows and he took plants to the shows and he would enter the shows too. Right. But he's, he's 17 now. Mm. Um, when he turned about 14, it, it's all stopped. Right. Yeah. So hopefully, hopefully, uh, and I brought him up in it and hopefully it stuck a little bit, but you never know. Yeah. So, you know, it's funny. Cactus is doing his own thing. Cactus update. Uh, had a similar story to what you just said where he was exposed to it by his father when he was young and then he stopped for whatever reason and then as he like matured into an adult if i if i remember correctly uh, and he went back to it obviously and he's <laughs> like a hardcore collector now so yeah it, it's hard you know, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree it, it, all that stuff sticks with you in one way or another but yeah. that's cool man yeah that's a special bond i hope to have with my own kids too i got a couple boys so no, um, I would you like to can I can you field some questions? I got like six listener submitted questions. Okay, yeah, cool. Let's see what they are. This first one is from Sunrise Cactus. Sunrise said, "What is your favorite pedio cactus species? Pedio cactus, pedio cactus." Yeah, um. Wow. Uh, good question. I don't grow many of them. I'm not familiar with the genus. Yeah, the genus. you know what? And I, I, I do have a favorite, but I can't remember the name of it. We'll come, um. We can come back to it if it comes to you. Okay. Next one yeah. is from Go Cact- the next one, and I'll. Okay, Cactus Dan Man said, "How long have you been in the Cactus and Succulent Society? Since 2005." Yeah, I started in the Gates Cactus and Succulent Society. Mm-hmm. Um, I think 2007, 2008, somewhere around there. That's when I started. I was I was uh, heavily involved with that club for many, many years. Um, I also joined San Gabriel Cactus and Succulent Society um, sometime after that. I was a member of both on and off um, for quite a while. But I haven't been um, probably for three, two or three years at least. I haven't been um, going to meetings or heavily involved. Mm. Life got crazy and traffic just keeps getting worse and worse and worse. And the older I get, the least I want to be sitting in traffic after work, coming home from work and then getting back in the car and getting in traffic, you know, um, it just got to wear down on me. And yeah, unfortunately, now there's there's some dedication involved in those type of commitments. Yeah, I do still, try and do the inner city show every year mm-hmm. if I possibly can, if work, my work will allow. Um, Cause I enjoy that show and at least I get to, you know, take my plants to that. Yeah. Yeah. I saw your plants this year, right? Yeah. I saw your yeah. plants this uh-huh. year. Yeah. You've got that. What is it? Like a Steno Sirius? The, the, the Ruka. Yeah. That thing. Steno Sirius Ruka, the creeping devil. The thing's fucking cool, man. And yeah. staged amazingly. And every year, every year, um, you know, it grows really, really fast. And I have to, every year it, it seems to outgrow that pot. Mm. And I chop it and then it grows and it grows new heads and it looks decent. So I take it to the show again. And then, you know, it grows out of the pot because it, it's, you know, it's just, it's just, it's just really long. Yeah. And, um, sometimes I've taken it to shows where it was 
the stems were literally sticking out of the pot, you know, a foot and a half. I didn't think I'd noticed that it had been chopped. Wow. <clears throat> it's chopped now. Huh. Again. Hard so now. Yeah. <laughs> Rad, man. Yeah, very cool. Uh, F. Delgado. He's, he said it. Felipe. Felipe said, how, how deep is the love for the band Rush? Oh, it's deep. Is it? Yeah. That's your era right there, man. Yeah. That's, yeah. 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 Did you go to a lot of concerts? Were you a concert goer growing up? I went to a couple. No, I unfortunately I didn't get to do too many, but started off growing. I started off, started off listening to them in high school, got turned on from a buddy. Yeah. Um, and all my close friends in high school, that's what we all listened to and um, still do to this day. Yeah. Rad band for sure. Mostly the, the 80s and 90s. Hmm. 70s 80s and 90s stuff you know hmm. or stuff got any other any other bands that you're really into um i like lots of different bands cool. all the 80 of course the 80 heavy metal heavy um, metal yeah most of the 80s heavy metal some of the 90s heavy metal metallica <laughs> fan yeah of course oh yeah. yeah dude those concerts look crazy the ones <laughs> there are 200,000 people yeah <laughs> attending them they're wild <laughs> but i like all kinds it's not I'm not just a heavy metal, you know, listener. I like all kinds of different stuff, new wave and some punk and squaw and uh, ska and hell yeah, as so cool. Ska's cool, man. I like ska a lot. Uh, where yeah. did, so I was going to ask, what's the name? Where did the name Prickly Punk come from? Is that from punk rock? No, <laughs> you know I don't even remember why I come up with that. It's, it flows. Sounds good. It's it, catchy. It just sounded good to me and. Yeah. And when I started Instagram, it wasn't going <coughs> to, excuse me, it wasn't, I had no idea it was going to turn into this, what it turned into, you know, sure. for me. I just thought I'd go on there and check her, you know, look at people, look at people's things. And, but it's become much more than that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <coughs> excuse me. <clears throat> All right. Cactus Dan Man said, any tips for avoiding pests in the garden or greenhouse? Well, I anytime I have an enclosed area, I use a systemic insecticide. Uh, and whenever bees aren't going to be involved, you know, with uh, pollination and stuff like that. Excuse me, I'm gonna have to get a drink. So the you can you can go ahead. We can pause if you want. Yeah, let me go get my water. Yeah, absolutely. All right, I'm back. <laughs> All right, we're Try. back. So we were talking about pests in the garden and or greenhouse. And uh, you said you use a systemic. I, I missed the first part. I know you said you you don't use them on plants where there's going to be pollinators, but um, yeah, right. Um, anything that's any, uh, like mature plants in the garden, um, anything that's going to have uh, you know bees are going to be uh, be able to get to it. I tend not to use that for obvious reasons. Hmm. Um, but uh, it's it's almost impossible, especially in a really really large collection. It's almost impossible to um, keep you know. For for instance, mealybug and scale away. Yeah, some kind of without some kind of uh, systemic insecticide. Mm. Are are you able to keep it under control to some extent, though? Obviously, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, years ago, I started doing a um, more or less like a prophylactic treatment once, twice a year, um, in the springer in the spring, and then again in the fall, mm. uh, just treating everything. Um, and um, I don't even have to do that anymore for the last four years. Um. Just every once in a while, I don't I don't bring a lot of new plants into my collection. I haven't for a long time, 
Um, and so that's, um, it makes it, you know, once you get to that point, it makes it much easier. Um, I, I, just this last year, I did bring in a few um, plants from a friend that unfortunately had some mealybug in it and got them in it. Unfortunately, you know, transferred some of my collection plants. So I have been having to spot treat. Hmm. What, but, what do you like to do for spot? Like neem or something? The same thing. I'll use a systemic. Oh, okay. If it's, if it's uh, in an enclosed, you know, uh, shade house or something like that. Okay. I've yet to try a systemic. I'm going to have to give that a, sh- give that a shot. I've got a problem with, with uh, aphids right now and uh, okay. scale on occasion. Uh, any tips for seed growing cactus? This is the same man here. Cactus Dan man. Any tips? Um, well, As far as far as what? <laughs> Maybe plant in December. That's a prickly punk secret. Um, yeah, I I use the bagging method. Yeah. Um, I'm I've been using the last two years. I've been using a hundred hundred percent inorganic mix. Wow. Um, it's alleviated some of the the damping off problems I've had later in the in the year with uh, with some plants and. Um, so I would I would recommend using a, a inorganic mix. Um, the problem is you have to continually fertilize if you want things to grow consistently hmm. using organic mix. Um, but that's the most recent change I've made. But uh, other than that, uh, bagging method: make sure everything is is uh, clean and and more or less sterile before you you know when you I microwave my soil no matter what even though it's inorganic. Mm. Um, micro microwave it ahead of time and i clean my you know wash all my pots in bleachy water and i use um boiled water when i'm misting to to moisturize the plants before i zip them up cool tip um i don't open the bags if if i don't have to i don't open bags for four months okay they stay sealed up unless they start to dry out or unless i see um, you know, something happening in a pot, something, but it might be a mold or something. Cause occasionally it still happens. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, don't open them up. Now don't, I, don't ahead. constantly check them. <laughs> right. Cause they're just in there slowly growing, happily growing. Now, Hopefully. what point is it safe to start introducing fertilizer to seedlings? If you're doing an I start, organic, I start, I start as soon as I take them out of baggies, they're in the greenhouse. They're out of baggies. They're in. Um, I put them in a big plastic bin. That where they they all go in there. The big the plastic bin has holes drilled in it. And so when I water, it's another thing that I've been doing in the last three or four years. Um, when I water all my seedlings that are out of baggies, they're in a in a plastic box that I just fill the box up. And so I'm not spraying the plants themselves. I'm just flooding them. Mm. that um i believe prevents accidentally dislodging sure. you know little tiny seedlings from you know from overhead spraying it prevents spreading of algae it, pre- it helps prevent spreading of any kind of uh, fungus or mold or whatever that might be growing in one of the other plants and other pots um so that's another thing that i've been doing to, for the last three or four years i think um that's helped me improve my chances of success is the flood watering. 
Cool. Th- thank you very much. I'm taking Thanks. notes and I'm going to listen back to this for sure because uh, I've got my stuff in organic and it's just um, really experimentation at this point right now. But I mean, I remember when I first started growing plants, I used to pop seeds in paper towels, wet paper towels. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, you'd soak them and put them in the window. And then it- yeah, somebody mentioned that recently, asked about that. Really? Said, I don't know why you would even do that. but Yeah, well, that's how I used to do it too. It's all about experimentation. And, um, you know, what might work really, really good for me might not work for somebody else. Sure. I know a handful at this point It used to be, I, I used to only know two or three, but now I know a lot of people that are growing from seed and, um, believe it or not, there's a lot of different ways <laughs> yeah. of accomplishing the same goal sure. um, when this comes to this. So whatever works for you, that's my, that's, you know, try different things, experiment, and um go with whatever works the best for you for sure thank you uh let's see cactus down and asked how many plants do you have we're gonna have to do a ballpark on this right <laughs> how many plants do you think how you many have? plants or how many species plants um, e- either i won't be able to answer either way <laughs> six years ago i took an inventory of the different species that i had i had about a little over three thousand different species <laughs> oh my god um, and at that point I said, this is ridiculous. You got to stop. Um, so, <laughs> cause I was, uh, that's, it was, I had no time other than, you know, I was working on my plants way far too often. Um, and I still do to this day, mm. but at that point I started paring down. Um, also when I started much like probably most people, I got to, I want to have, everything i want to have succulents and aloes and ag- agaves and all the different cactus species i want one everything i want everything yeah and it got to a point that euphorbias you know geez you can just how many euphorbias are there yeah. so it got to a point where i just had to start making a decision um what are you going to grow mm-hmm. what am i and started getting rid of agaves and started getting rid of the large euphorbias and and things that get big, things that get crazy. And because you can't grow everything. <laughs> you just can't. <laughs> yeah. So mostly now my collection is heavily, heavily cactus, mostly cactus. Mm. We'll have a few oddball Haworthias and, and a few small agaves and and cool and different small euphorbias and stuff like that. But um, I can't really answer that question. How many plants? A hell of a lot of plants. In the thousands, right? Yes. Yeah. Cool. Many thousands. When it comes to seedlings, many, many thousands. Yeah. Somebody else asked this question, but uh, we don't know how many cacti you have and, and also which ones are your favorites. He, he said he doesn't want to uh, pick a favorite. He doesn't want to, he doesn't discriminate. I think this is the last question here. It is, and it's from May. Succulent Cacti Lady said, which plant started you down this rabbit hole of being a collector and grower? It wasn't really any single plant. It was that, it was that, uh, you know, that's that garden on the side of my driveway mm. really got me started. Mm. Cool. And, um, there are many of those plants are still in that garden that really? I started with. Um, I got a cat here. Hold on. That's awesome that you still have Hi, them. Jimmy. Hi, Katie. You got to get down. Um, 
what was I going to say? Yeah, uh, one thing I wanted to, to mention about the uh, the cactus garden in the front yard. Um, when my when, when I just is kind of a funny story that I kind of forgot to tell you about. But when my son um, got to the age where we were playing basketball in the front yard and kicking the soccer ball and stuff like that, I had lots of really big um, agave and cactus in that front planter. Uh-huh. And summer we were really when we, my son and i were really active in the front yard we lost you know half a dozen to a dozen balls in that cactus garden in <laughs> the golf bays you know spines and the, the kino cactus brusonia and all that and um not shortly after that not long after that he started riding a bike and his friends would come over in there you know skateboarding and riding bikes and that planter got a facelift um that that summer and i I sold off and got rid of a lot of cat again, <clears throat> got rid of a lot of that, you know, the agaves with the, with the terminal spines and, and cacti with the big thorns and stuff like that. Cause I was just afraid of, you know, somebody falling on it or something. I thought so you were going to say someone took a spill in it. Yeah. Or it got, it either got sold or it got moved to the backyard. Hmm. Yeah, there was a story on the show once, uh, I believe it was Kimmy Hashi said that her, her, her friend fell face first into a barrel and then her parents yeah. ripped, ripped it out. She, she said it was like Hellraiser. Was yeah. Just spines coming out of their face. So that's, yeah. that's my worst nightmare, too. I got some plants that probably shouldn't be out there with the kid running around. But <laughs> <laughs> that's Yeah, cool. so I, I can't really answer that question either. It really wasn't one single plant, it was just a, a bunch yeah. of different cactus and, and aloes and yeah i have a, a follow-up question kind of related to this topic is that do, do you know what the oldest plant in your in your uh, collection is or some of the oldest plants are yeah probably a few of the cactus that are still out in that front planter um i have a and, and if you follow my instagram you've probably seen it occasionally i have a a large um brown ninja uh, actually, it's a Azurio serious now. Hmm. Brown Ninja, um, most people know it as Brown Ninja um, Hertlingiana. Uh-huh. That's one of the oldest plants I still have in my collection. That probably went in the ground when it was eight inches, eight or nine inches tall. And now it's it's 10 or 12 feet tall. Wow. A really beautiful plant. That's one. Certainly, probably there's a there's a few others that are in pots now in the backyard that are large clusters. I have a large um, Notocactus magnificus mm. that was front yard. That's now a big cluster, and um, I I pulled it. It was beautiful. It was perfect. That I pulled it out of the ground and put it in a pot, and I was going to start taking it to shows. And by the time it got to 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 show time. It was so heavy, I decided not to take it because I could hardly lift it. <laughs> so now it just sits on the ground, looking pretty in the backyard. So those are rad. They when they bloom, they bloom like crazy. The you know the yeah. whole t- top is covered. I love those. The big, yeah. big flowers too, like pretty large big flowers. flowers. Yeah, yeah, man, those are rad. <laughs> cool. Let's switch gears into uh, some some of those plants that you brought to show me. Okay. Well, you asked about. Um, I think you mentioned furry, furry things. I said furry, yeah. Yeah, when I think furry, I think of um, Oreo Sirius. Okay. You know, Oreos are pretty furry. And then, of course, 
you can't you can't forget uh the Callisto cactus cola di mononis the the monkey tail uh, a couple of things i brought to show you cool um, this is an oreo serious rod oreo serious dolzianus subspecies stericata which when it becomes you know, mature it's a bunch of tall thin columns that are just really really hairy uh-huh um <clears throat> And me being curious about, you know, hairy things, and I've wondered, well, what, what if I cross that with Callistocactus colodemononis? Here's a two-year-old Callistocactus colodemononis, um, otherwise known as monkey tail. This is what one looks like when it's young. Uh-huh. It starts offsetting. Um, this, these are... Oreo serious Dolziana subspecies sericata crossed with Plesocactus colodemononis. Very cool. So, so only time will tell if if you know what that what it looks like. But at this point, they're not terribly hairy or furry. But at least it's something to you know to look forward to. <laughs> that's fascinating man what a cool cross i'm curious if they're gonna hang or if they're gonna stand up columnar like some some of them might yeah. some of them might hang some of them might what stand is up, it huh? some of them might stand up some of them might lay down some of them might you know be like pendant like the like the monkey tail typically does um who knows cool dude so it actually grows up so what a rad hybrid that's that's that <clears throat> Um, now is that Oreo serious that you're talking about? Is it one of the old man, old woman? Yeah, it is. It's just uh, it's typically not as tall, and the the stems are thinner. Okay, but it's it's one of those that's really hairy. Yeah, yeah. Another thing I brought. This was the first rock pot that I ever took to a show. This was the first one, um, and I have a story that kind of goes with this. Cool. Um, they would. Uh, Karen Osler, I don't know if everybody, if you know her, but um, she does talks uh-huh. on stage. And years and years ago, I was watching her at a at a club meeting, give a talk on staging, and and one of the things that she said is don't ever ever do is when you when you put your plant in the pot, don't surround it completely with rocks. Don't build a fire pit around your plant. You know, and at home. On my bench, I had had this, <laughs> which is essentially a fire pit, you know. Exactly. <laughs> oh man, how is it? This isn't going to go over very well. But uh, actually, I took this pot. It had a it had a different Copiapoa tenuissima monstros in it at the time. Uh. Um, that plant got too big and, and outgrew this pot, and I sold it. But this was another plant that I put in there that's it's growing and filling in really nicely. I don't know if you can see that completely. It's gorgeous, dude. Um, it must have been a challenge to get the uh, plant that was in it, the copiapoa that was in it, out. No, what's that? Was it a challenge to get the copiapoa out of it? No, really. No, I came. I just put a, a, a large screwdriver in there and started prying it up. <laughs> <laughs> There's very little soil on these pots, very little, and they they just they just tend to pop right out. And it was it was to be honest with you, it was seriously just growing out of the pot mm. that bad. 
it was ready to go into something bigger. Anyway, so that's the story on the first pot. Um, anyway, I took that to that first show, and that pot plant combination got best in show. Cool. My my fire pit plant. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're all dusting your shoulder off. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. What to think? But they went over big, so and that was kind of the start of it. I can see why, man. Those are very unique, one of a kind for sure pioneering on those i like you know where you you can see the plants out in in nature growing in and amongst rocks if not right out of them yeah um it's just they just take to it they take right to it and they they fill all the nooks and crannies especially um clustering plants fill all the nooks and crannies and it looks just really really natural and I, i just love the way it looks yeah, I wonder how how sometimes they must be permanent, right? Like there's some that you make that, that it's, just, it's just not going to come out of there, <laughs> or well, they'll come out one yeah. way or the other. You'll get yeah. them out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I haven't honestly I haven't had to remove too many. Mm. Once they go in, they stay in for quite a while. Cool. Yeah, I know. I know you inspired another one of my guests to make some as well. Freeze. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's making some cool stuff too. Yeah, he's he's a, he's a rad human being for sure. He sure is. Yeah, I've got uh, a lot of cool. Recently, I got a, a lot of cool um, petrified wood from him, and I make actually I made a couple of pots out of it already. Mm. So nice petrified wood pots, huh? Yeah. So made two so far. What, what were you always good at building things? Like, were you always crafty and handy? Uh, yeah, I suppose so. Yeah, I've um, I've been an auto me- uh, was an auto mechanic, auto technician for ten years, okay. um, and and went into manufacturing, furniture, and now cabinetry. I do cabinetry um, for a living for the last fifteen. Hmm. So I've always been involved in some kind of, you know, thing that has to do with my hands. <clears throat> yeah, I, th- I correct me if I'm wrong, but there there's. Either it's the obsessive part of your personality or maybe even, uh, might I say, like a maniacal part of your personality that, that like shows up in what you do. Like, uh, like you're, I'll get this fucking thing out. I'll get this, excuse me, I'll get this thing out no matter what kind of thing. You kind of have that about you? Yes. Yeah. I suppose so. Yeah. Yeah. I'm obsessive. Obsessive. That's about this stuff. There's no question about it. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Very cool, man. <clears throat> So what's next? What what are you working on now? I am actually um I don't know if you remember it. I'm actually working on a different type of a pot. Okay. I have I'm not going to show them to you at the moment, but um hopefully you'll see them at next Inner City show. But I did have an example at the last Inner City show, um if you may have saw it where it's <clears throat> I want to recreate the look of a rock outcrop with soil and rock mm. together and i did build something like that and i took it to the last energy show um it turned out pretty good but i'm hoping to there's some things i want to um, adjust and change and it has to do with the the top dressing and making it look natural and i'm having i'm still playing with things very cool i have my bases the things that I'm working around, um, 
all designed and made, and now I'm working on a, a, attaching rocks and boulders and things like that. <clears throat> that, and then I'll work on making the, the ground, the, the soil look natural as well. Very cool. Look like you took a chunk of the desert and put it on the table. Yeah. That's my next thing. So do you draw up these, these kinds of plans or is it all in your head? No, it's all on my head. Wow. Yeah. See, there is, there's something, uh, something very unique about the way you think and your process. Cause uh, that, that's, that's, ta that's a talent, man. Very cool. No, thank you. Yeah. It's been an absolute honor. I don't know to if have it's a talent on. or uh, <laughs> a disorder. <laughs> it could be. It could possibly be a disorder, uh, but I don't mind it. You know, it's just it's the way it is. It's who I am. Well, you use it, so you know. At least it gets used. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, it's been an honor, man. I know a lot of people are really excited to hear from you, so I really appreciate your time today. Sure, of course. Yeah. It, was, it was my pleasure. So people can find you on Instagram at prickly punk spelt just the way it sounds. Is there any website or anything or if people want to get no. plants? Is that like a rare opportunity to buy <laughs> plants from you? Not at all. No. Okay. No, they can just, they can just, uh, if they're interested, they can hit me up on Instagram. Okay, cool. Very cool. All right. Prickly punk, everyone. Tony, thank you very much. All right. Thanks, Garrett. If everyone could please like, review, and subscribe to the podcast and hit that share button, I would appreciate that greatly. Bye.